our main priorities right now, I think, are not unlike all people leaders. We're focused on hiring and we're focused on retention. On the hiring front, it's less about volume hiring. I think that everyone's slowing down just a little bit with this economy. We're focused on smart hiring and making sure that we're bringing in the right people for the right roles, making sure they're mapped, not just to check a box or to make sure we're getting people in, but we want them to be happy in that role. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. Good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, it's Ben Eubanks, your host here on We Are Only Human, and I hope you're having a tremendous day. Today's conversation is going to be actually a replay from a recent event that we held called The State of DEI&B, What's New and What's Next. So George Rogers and I actually co-hosted this event, and we interviewed a selection of talent leaders, business leaders, technology leaders, all around how DEI&B are changing and evolving and what we need to know as talent leaders to be able to adapt and change. I'll make sure and put the link to that in the show notes. You can go and check out the full event if you'd like to. But today I'm going to give you a teaser. I'm going to pull one of the conversations in that I had with Allison Lee from Prasado. She's the chief people officer over there. I owe a special thank you to the team over at Brick. That's B-R-Y-Q, Brick, for helping put me in touch with Allison. And they're a customer there, so doing great things. And you'll hear about some of that in the conversation today. We're going to talk about some of the things that she and her team are doing to make sure they're supporting and serving and taking care of the candidates and the employees within their organization. It's a great conversation. I know you'll enjoy it. And again, this is just a little snippet from that bigger event that happened that day. We have that replay available online for free. If you want to go check it out, I'll make sure to include the link in the show notes on this episode. Just click through. As always, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you for being a supporter of We're Only Human. If there's anything that you'd like to see on the show or here on the show, I guess we'll say in the coming year, please ping me on LinkedIn, shoot me an email, reach out to the website. I'll make sure those links are in the show notes as well. If you want to hear a topic or you're you're, you're like, man, I love the show, but I really am waiting for you to cover X, whatever that topic might be, ping me. I'd love to hear about that. I love getting feedback and input from those of you who listen to the show. And that helps to make sure that it's as relevant and helpful as possible. Thank you again and enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another session here at the event. I hope you're having a great time so far, getting a lot of good notes, good takeaways, good ideas, inspiration as well. I know I am, and I've been looking forward to this next session so much. So I have here with me Allison Lee. She is a chief people officer, and she and I were kicking around some ideas before we started here. One of the things is, like many of you probably, she fell into this space unintentionally, was drawn into this. And so, Allison, I'm so glad to have you here, and I'm looking forward to this conversation before we dive into some good stuff about what you and the team are doing, would you give the audience a little more about who you are, what you do, please? Absolutely. So I work for Persado, and we are all about putting language to work for our customers. Our platform creates content that's going to resonate and drive more action for our customers. So that's the tech side. But even equally important is our people and caring for our people and putting the programs in place that are going to support them. And so I'm the chief people officer. I have an amazing team and we're really just focused on, you know, our employees and their satisfaction and growth and keeping them with us. 
So I don't want to delve too far into your background because we have other things to talk about. But one of the things you told me is you come from the business side of things. I'd love to, to hear from you, your perspective on why that matters so much and someone who does the kind of work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. I fell into it a few years ago. I have had worked on a product team. I'd worked in enablement. I'd worked in customer experience, just all different roles. And it helps me so much when I have to help solve for business issues, people issues, leadership issues and challenges to really understand where they're coming from and maybe have to explain to the head of engineering why the head of product management may feel a certain way or why things may be being held up. And so it's really lent to, to, this, to this role in people, lent really well to that. I, you know, I'd imagine it gives you a lot of credibility with those leaders when you can say, oh, I've been there or I understand those metrics you're held accountable for or things like that. Out, can you're outside that HR bubble that many of us find ourselves trapped in? And because you're outside of it, you can have a different perspective. You can speak into things where you might otherwise be shut out of the room potentially. So. Absolutely. I used to run commercialization. And so I'll often we need commercialization. We need enablement. We need this and to help drive things forward. So it really helps a lot. So you said you're working on making sure you, I can't remember the word you use, like basically empowering your teams right now, empowering your people, helping to connect with them. What are some of the things you and your team are focusing on your big priorities right now? Our main priorities right now, I think, are not unlike all people leaders. We're focused on hiring and we're focused on retention. On the hiring front, it's less about volume hiring. I think that everyone's slowing down just a little bit with this economy. We're focused on smart hiring and making sure that we're bringing in the right people for the right roles, making sure they're mapped, not just to check a box or to make sure we're getting people in, but we want them to be happy in that role. We want them to come in and feel happy and satisfied and feel like they've got a new home. So we're really focused on that, that smarter mapping to those roles and then retention. Of course, we all know what's going on with people having lots more opportunities and just deciding they want to go parasail rather than work. And we're focused a lot on just making sure that we can keep our employees happy through programs, whether it's career development, strong performance management, employee education, things like this, but just making sure we can keep them happy and keep them with us. I wasn't interested in parasailing until you said it. <laughs> Suddenly, right. now I'm like, wait a minute, that would be a lot more fun than what we're, no, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, we're fun in this conversation with you, Allison, but more fun <laughs> than other parts of our day, I will say for sure. Absolutely. You talked about mapping here. And so the team at Brick actually connected us because I'd asked them, hey, I'm looking for someone that can talk about some of these things. So this is actually a perfect segue into that conversation. For the leaders out there listening, and this bigger event today is around how we can be more inclusive in hiring, right? How can we create more equitable workplaces? And so a big part of that journey starts at the higher, obviously, but then there are other things like you talked about development and equitable opportunities inside the business too. So if you want to start on the hiring side, I'd love to hear from you. What do you mean when you say mapping people to the right positions and looking for that fit, not just fit, but where they're actually going to be happy and they're going to be excited to come into work every day. I think that often recruiting teams, they're, just, they're given numbers. There's hire this person and you want to have your quick time to hire and just check these boxes off. But we are trying to approach it more where you're looking at the resume for competencies. So all of our roles, we have certain competencies that we've identified or laid out. And then we want to look at that, the resumes for those competencies. And then, of course, use Brick because we do the assessment based on competencies as well as fit for our company. And so we can use that data to ensure that we're looking at that resume, making sure it's the most qualified person. Of course, interviews, you have to interview and you've got to check that they can actually do the job, that they're going to be happy here. But we're a very data-driven company. And so we absolutely use that data from Brick as well. 
Okay. So talk about that just a bit, because obviously what makes someone a good developer is different than what makes someone great at customer success, right? right. Their skill sets are different, but also maybe in the behavioral traits, right? Or the competence behind that, what make them who they are, those are probably different as well. And so when it comes down to it, are you helping to, okay, we know what a good one looks like. So we're looking for more of those. Is it, Hey, we want to, we want you to apply for this. But we also know that within this range, this is kind of what we're looking for. I just help me understand it a little more because there's everybody's on a spectrum, right? You could see my desk here. You would see that organized on that spectrum, like way on the disorganized side. That is me. Okay. To the chagrin of my, of my wonderful life. That is something I don't have, but right. For these people, there's probably like an acceptable range of what they're looking for and things like that. I'm just kind of curious if you have any kind of example or anything more specific in there that you're like, Hey, we've got to have someone that hits these things, if they're going to be a great developer. And then beyond that, sky's the limit. They can be, it doesn't really matter other than that. Yeah, so, absolutely. All of our roles, every single one of our roles, we set different, there's different degrees of certain competencies or qualifications or characteristics that you can okay. set for every single one of our roles. So whether it's a people person, I don't care if they know math. I don't care about certain things. Whereas for a data scientist, we care more about that. We can, you can set the bar and to different degrees for every single role, but we also map to the competencies. So all of our roles also have competencies set so that we can say that this is what's important for this role. This is what's important for this hire. And then we can look at the data presented from the assessment to say, okay, on paper or via this assessment, it looks like they're going to be a great match for the role. Then we pick out the people who score the best for those roles and that's who may get interviewed. So it's more bias-free. It's not about, oh, Joe, you look great on LinkedIn or Susie, look at the data. And we also encourage our recruiters to push our hiring managers a little bit more too, right? Because I think hiring managers, you're picking yourself. You're picking somebody who you think you're going to get along with. And it's a, almost an imitation of you. But we push them to say, okay, I'm glad you like Bill or Julie. However, the data shows that Susie may be a better map. So challenge them a little bit more to look at that data in making their hiring decisions. So when it comes to that, one of the things that I saw, so I've done that myself in the past, right? I've challenged hiring managers because they're picking something that's comfortable, that's familiar. And yeah. but at the same time, they're like, man, I wish we could solve this problem. Or I wish you know, I want to find this person, but I don't want, let's here. So I'll pick on you because you're here. I want to clone Allison. I want another Allison, but I don't okay. want any of Allison's faults. Like that sounds like the perfect candidate, and that perfect candidate doesn't exist. So we're going to have to just, we're going to make a decision based on the data we do have, not based on the data we don't have. And so I love about that piece of it, really encouraging those recruiters to push back a little bit and say, yeah, I know you want those 17 required skills or whatever else, but we're going to have to narrow that down a little bit or we'll never find anyone, number one, or afford them if we can't find them, or right, we're going to be selecting down so far, we're going to, we're going to pick someone who looks just like you or everyone else who's already here. Right. And we're not going to, we're not going to be able to have that diverse perspective on the team because Everyone's going to be the same. And the data also allows you to dive in. So let's say one of your requirements is Q or, or problem solving, and they don't score as high as you'd like. You can always dive in then. It also provides this opportunity for you to say, ask better questions or have somebody else interview mm. on an area that may be of concern where they didn't get quote high enough score in that area. But you can dive in and ask better questions to find out, are they a bad, did they just not take a good test or are they, I'm not a good test taker myself, but I can talk all day long about people's stuff. I like that piece of it because usually the hiring, the interview is very scripted right. and we have this set of questions and right. I might, 
one of my challenges with hiring managers in the past is some of them would be like merciless. Oh, you said this thing. Tell me about all the details of that thing. Let's unpack that for 20 minutes and that's right. 10 minutes gone. And others, you would say something and I'm like, hey, there's a thread there. Pull that a little bit. And they would just right. come right on by. And so I love that you're talking about here. You may see in the data, hey, by the way, this is an opportunity here for us to, to dive a little bit deeper for this candidate to understand Hey, tell me about a, a time you did have that project that was difficult. How did you work around the issues or right? you had a conflict with someone? How did you work around that? You get to dive into some of those things without it having to be a gut feeling. Yeah, gut feeling or just completely yep. scripted or whatever else. You can be a little bit tailored right. depending on the candidate to make sure everyone gets a fair shake and they're not getting shut out when they're they were borderline or they, they missed one question or whatever else when it really they really are capable of doing it if you give them the shot to prove that. Absolutely. It's always a risk. We always, we have to encourage hiring managers too. That nobody's going to be perfect. You, we can do as, as good a job as we can trying to bring the best candidate in, but sometimes you just have to take a risk, a data-driven yeah. risk, perhaps a data-supported risk, whereas where Brick helps us because we've got the data to support a hire. But sometimes it's, it's also just a little bit of a risk that you've got to take. So I want to make a, maybe a weird parallel connection here. So you talked about some of your experiences over on the business side and it is my sense that sales, marketing, right, other areas of the business have a lot of data, a lot of rigor around how they evaluate that. They use that to make a lot of decisions. And then you have the benefit of stepping into HR and, hey, where's the data? So it's like, I saw it over there on the table the other day, maybe, but right. no one's seen it since. It's like kind of the Wild West almost, it feels, in terms of this. Do you think your background in those other areas of the business makes you more more capable of saying, hey, there's a gap here where we should be using data we're not yet? I'm just kind of curious. That's a kind of open question, but I would think that perspective would make you a unique, give you a unique perspective when you step into the people side of things. Yeah, I think anybody who's in a people role is also a gut person. Do you know what I mean? You're just innately a people person, but I think the data I learned really quickly, especially at Prasado, that I work with a lot of math data-driven people. And at first I'd say, my gut tells me we should do this for DEI. My gut tells me we should do this for the people. And it was not met with really resistance, but why? And then I started using data. We had a people analytics person added to the team. And then I strictly used data to make proposals or to make decisions. So everything that we do, are, it's always a data-driven decision, especially if I need to persuade my boss or our CFO to invest. I always bring data forth because it's the only way it's, you're going to win. Yes. Ultimately, right. They speak that language. And if you're not, you're the odd person out. Absolutely. And I don't think I was in my first couple of years in a people role. It was more that gut. I think this is going to win. And luckily many of the things did, but once I started learning to fight with data, I found it so much easier. There's, it's, there's no battle. It's just mm. this, here are the facts. I have good friends who have also held the same role that you hold at different mm -hmm. companies. And that's one of the things they all swear by is you never show up to a meeting without having some numbers, some evidence, something like that, because everyone else is going to have it. And you're going to look ill-equipped at best, yep. foolish at worst when you're just going on these things. And so I love that you discovered that early on, yep. you had the benefit of coming outside into the HR space, but I would think that makes, again, makes you more valuable now because you've got all these things at your disposal and you're like, oh yeah, let's crank it all the way up. What other data, what questions can we ask? What other data can we explore? What other ways can we look at this 
to make decisions and not just base it on they're trying it. So let's try that. Let's use the data. I'm in these roles. What's interesting about the chief people officer role is mm-hmm. you can be in a team meeting or an executive team meeting or leadership. Everyone has an opinion on the right way to run a people team, but I'm not going to go to the data science person and go, you know what I think you ought to do, or here's how you code to our head of engineering. Everyone has an opinion on what we do on the people side and what rating scale you should use for performance management and those sorts of things. So oftentimes I'll have to also, again, use data to, to fight their theory, they, how they think it should be run. And so it's just always very interesting. <laughs> if I can ask you to open about that, is that tiring to be like that? Or do you feel like that makes you and the team sharper overall or both? It's great to be challenged. You're not going to grow. You're not going to learn unless you get challenged. So I would say it depends on the topic. It depends okay. on the day. And it, and yeah, it really depends because I also challenge right back. That's my job too, is to make sure our leaders are showing up the best they can to make sure that our processes are being implemented and executed upon to make sure that all of the amazing programs that my team works so hard on are being supported and evangelized. So I don't necessarily mind it because it forces us to go, is this the best thing? We've been doing this for two years. Should we think about a change or a shift? I think that's something you have to accept is that everything we do affects every single person and the people mm-hmm. are who really matter. So we talked a lot about hiring. What about decisions about moving people inside the business? I know some companies are thinking about using that same kind of data. It seems like it has some of the same applications and benefits. What are your thoughts there? Absolutely. Number one reason we see people leave our company is career mobility, career development. It's all people talk about is I wanted to grow in my career. So career mobility is a huge focus for us. And so we can use that data too. So if somebody isn't, they're doing well, or they're no longer interested in being a solutions consultant, we can look at the data to see if they would be great in customer success. We can look to see if they'd be better account manager or a salesperson, or we've had people go from accounting to content. We've had marketing come to the people team. We've had lots of shifts. We're super proud of our internal mobility, but we, again, can use that data to say, are they just bored with this job? Or, and they just think it's fun to be in the people team because we just have a great time and plan parties. Or do they have the EQ we need? Do they have the skills? Because it is a strategic business role. And I don't think enough people understand all that's necessary in a people role. How much of that is driven by the employee and how much that is driven by the company or someone on the a manager saying, hey, I need this person. And they start to actually look inside to see who's got the right Mm. capabilities to fit that? Or is it all, hey, this person, right? We're getting signals that maybe Jerry over here is not plugged in anymore. We're going to start looking at other options. I'm just kind of curious, is that driven by the people? Is it driven by the company? Is it kind of blend of both of those? Because the reason I ask is because I can imagine, right? There are, there's, there's a woman on a team full of men and she's like, I don't know if I want to be here or not. And right. She can start looking for other opportunities in the business to, to help keep her and help keep her connected. Those kind of things. So I'm kind of curious. I think it's super situational. We've had so many different situations happen. It might be a team is downsizing and you're like, wait, that person is a culture carrier who's super smart. We do not want to lose them. Look around. Then it also could be somebody who's, yeah, just bored, not liking their team or their role. So they are interested in other roles, just all sorts of situations. But we have a very clear mobility program and process that people can follow yeah, so that we can make sure that we keep them because we want to retain the good employees. All of our employees are great. People that are super strong and we want to make sure they know there's a path 
The only path is not leaving and it can be, and that's fine. And we want them to be successful, but look inside and see what else could be available for you. When I look at the research on some of the highest quality sources for hires, one of the things that gets me is alumni, people who were here and left and now we're hiring them back. That's one of the highest qualities hire. And I have to wonder how many of those people didn't have access to something like this. Right. They can say, Hey, what's next for me? I want to look inside the business. They feel like there's no other choice. They leave and the company eventually says, Hey, let's bring them back if they want to come back. But so many of them probably would have stuck around if they saw that opportunity in front of them. So I really love that approach. And that's so incredible to hear. Oh, if you had to give a piece of advice or a recommendation to the rest of your peers out there listening in right now, other talent leaders, other HR leaders, other leaders who are trying to influence the people side of the business, any advice or recommendations you might give? We're very focused on DEI, Mm -hmm. but one thing that I I think I would say to everybody is if you are going to have a focus on diversity, inclusion, belonging, just make sure it's sincere, it's transparent, it's achievable. And I would also say, don't set forth any huge strategy unless there's a plan to support it. And if there is no plan, if you're just going to speak to your strategy or what you want, speak to your aspirations. Like, what do you want to do? So that's one, it's going to take time and patience and we are not perfect by any means. We're certainly aspiring to be a more diverse company. We want to do better. We want to make sure everybody feels included and feels that they belong at Persado but we are very transparent in that we've got work to do. Also on our, on our careers page, where we have our DI section, we're speaking to aspirations and where we want to go. We've made great progress. But I think that when companies post these, these, these statements and these mission statements about their DEI, but the numbers aren't there and the proof isn't in the pudding, it's a little bit disheartening to employees who come in and then go, wait a second, this is not what the website said. So we really try to speak to aspirations and just be really transparent and honest with employees. We're not perfect and we're doing everything we can to get there. You're a part of the equation too. help us be a part of this, be part of the solution. I'll tell you that it's so encouraging to hear that. We finished a big study up earlier this summer. And one of the findings that came out of there is that a person's sense of the employer's overall transparency and openness is very highly correlated with their sense of equitable treatment at work. Right. So to your point here, if you, even if it's we're, we're not there, but we're trying to get there, people yes. appreciate knowing that you are still aspiring to that and that you don't feel like you've arrived already. So right. the data back it up from what the workforce is telling us that, that those two things, they see them as very tightly connected. And you're seeing that play out practically, it sounds like day to day. Absolutely. And then maybe like we focus on inclusion because we know we can, we know we can have a say in that now. We can work on making sure our employees feel that they belong and that we have programs to make them feel a part of our, of our our ethos, but the diversity hiring and that's a little bit more difficult. It's a little bit more challenging. And so we're working really hard on it. Okay. Excellent. All right. I was going to offer, if you're okay with it, I'll put your LinkedIn connection here in the chat so that the audience can reach out to you and connect with you after they hear, I heard you speak, I guess I've heard you just now share. So I know they all want to connect with you. I've got some good ideas and things. I love hearing your story, very open, very transparent, just saying, Hey, here's what we're doing. We're not there. We're working on it. We're doing some good things already. And I loved hearing about some of the ways you're making sure that the opportunities, both bring people in from outside, as well as the opportunities inside the business are open for people, they're equitable for people, everyone gets a chance at those as well. I love that you've approached that with such 
discipline, rigor data, all the good stuff there. So thank you again, Allison, for spending some time with us, for sharing some encouragement with the community here. I know they appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Allison over at Persado, and I hope you come back and join us next time on another great conversation here on We Are Only Human. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.